Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. It is Christine Jewell, and today I'm coming at you from an incredibly beautiful location. If you guys are watching this on video on YouTube um, or on video somewhere else, you'll see the background is different. I wish you could see out what I see that way because the view is absolutely spectacular, but I'm going to try to set the setting for you. You know, I'm here in this incredible contemporary home, which is almost all glass on one side, hanging off the, the edge of a mountain. I have this very expansive mountainscape. It's a 180 degree view of mountains, really. It's, it's all in front of me and around me of the Blue Ridge Mountains. As far as I can see, it is beyond spectacular. It is truly a work of art, a majestic, you know, masterpiece, beauty, manifested. Like I've been staring out here just in awe and so much wonder. And the landscape is just simply captivating, captivating, pure beauty, right? Pure inspiration. So before we even dive into the conversation, you know, just I'm doing a little side note, but it just makes such a difference for us to get in the place immersed in beauty, true beauty, right? God-given beauty, nature, earth, her majesty, like the beautiful landscapes that are available to us that are free for anyone. You don't have to be a billionaire, millionaire. You don't have to make a certain amount of money to find beauty in the earth wherever you are. And it just shifts your vantage point. It just shifts your heart. It inspires us, right? And the day before I came here, I was actually <clears throat> climbing up. I went for a five mile hike to this place called Looking Glass Rock, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's a rock face. It's about five miles out and back. And I spent the day, invested the day actually, making that hike with my husband before I came here because I knew I'd be dropping into the place of writing, recording podcasts. You know, I'm really intentional now about completing this manuscript and uh, getting into the edits. And so I needed to create this space. And this is part of the obedience conversation, you guys. I, I was trying to do this at home, right? I was trying to just finish it off. I was trying to focus, be disciplined, do the time block things, like do all the things. And I was feeling stagnant and I was feeling stuck and just the words were not flowing. I was getting a little bit, but I could only play at the surface because there were so many distractions at home. You know, my mom lives with us. We've got the dogs, the kids are coming and going. And while I love my home office, it's a great place to serve my clients and coach and, and execute on the smaller detailed things. I really was feeling this like restlessness that I needed to shift environments. And I just kept feeling the pull to go, to go, to go. 
and I was resisting. I was like, oh, now's not a good time financially. We have these other big investments coming up. You know, we have a big family trip coming up. Oh, it's not a good time. Like my mom needs me here. And there was all these excuses and all these reasons. And then I started beating myself up about the fact that why can't I just sit here and focus? Like what's wrong with me? Why can't I just be satisfied with what I have? And I'm sharing this with you guys and ladies because, you know, the, the conversations are real. We resist the voice, right? And we're trying to talk ourselves into doing something that is even more constrictive. And we put ourselves back into these places of force. So I was in the friction for a bit. And then I finally last week was like, screw this, you know, and I took my stuff. I packed up, I went to a coffee shop. I dropped into like a six hour riding flow. I went for hikes in the middle of the day. It was beautiful, but it still wasn't enough. I wanted more immersion. My soul, my body was craving fluid, you know, flow, literally just walks and stretching and mobility work and openness. My mind was craving a, a different vantage point. My spirit was craving more inspiration, more breath. I call it the breath of life, the breath of God. And so as I was journaling, I'm like, I, I just kept saying nature, mountains, spaciousness, change the scenery, right? Shift the environment, shift the atmosphere, which is something I talk about all the time. And boom, um, I just said, okay, I'm going to go. Uh, it doesn't make sense right now. It doesn't seem like the right time. does not make sense financially, but I'm going to book this place and uh, I'm going to go. And then I invited my husband, right? <laughs> Usually that's how it works. I, I decide, I, I book the things and then I'm like, hey, babe, you want to join me? And he said, yes. So he came, he left today. But the reason why I'm sharing that with you is we came Sunday and even though I knew Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going to be dropping into writing and creating I still took Sunday, invested Sunday in hiking and just being in nature, allowing myself to be replenished, allowing myself to be renewed, being in stillness, walking up the mountain, just sitting there and being okay with that, just fully being there. And it was a preparation, right, for, for yesterday and today. And then we came to this incredible house. We had not checked in yet. And I walked in and immediately I was like, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. This is amazing. Thank you, Christine, for listening, right? Thank you to my beautiful soul, to my heart, to my mind. Like, thank you that I was got myself in alignment and I listened and I came here. And not only was it just an infusion, an infusion of energy, an infusion of light, an infusion of inspiration, just like that, it was a massive outpouring of productivity that happened yesterday from the moment I woke up, I wrote like, I wrote a lot of words yesterday. I probably wrote 10,000 words yesterday alone, which is a lot. It's a lot for me in one day. I don't know if it's a lot for other people. I'm not comparing, but for me, that was a lot. And it brought me more intimacy with my husband. It brought creativity. It activated creativity. It opened the floodgates of flow. It allowed me to drop in. There was no distractions. It was pure productivity. There was intimacy with the spirit. I mean, it was just a full yes across the board. I felt so blessed. And on the back end of that, um, as we're sitting here, we, you know, we've been talking about maybe doing some Airbnbs and rentals and properties. And anyhow, lo and behold, the place that we're at, you know, they're developing, there's land available. We're looking at the, the place that we're staying is this really cute, um, home uh, structure that is now we're investigating into. So it's, again, it created all these domino opportunities that in conversations for us to be in, that wouldn't have happened if I was at home still trying to force myself through doing it my way 
or whatever I felt like I should be doing because I was listening to this badgering voice, right? So obedience can be literally like that simple. And I, I, I started with that story because that was a simple example of just, I was resisting, resisting, resisting. And then I was like, no, I'm going because I, I was getting words on paper, but it wasn't quite taking root. It wasn't as rich as I wanted. I wasn't really connecting with it as much. It felt like I was just trying to check something off the list and I wasn't in the joy. I wasn't in the inspiration. I wasn't in the, the deep connection that I usually am in. Right. And so the point is you obey and you move into this place where truly there's like an overflow. There's an overflow that pours in you and through you, not only to myself, but in my relationship. And that's the conversation I want to have with you guys today is that when we are in the place of obeying obedience to that inner voice, obedience to the spirit, obedience to the call, you know, of God, of the Holy Spirit. I believe that's God in us speaking to us through us. Right. And we begin to trust that more. Man, we get to experience more and more and more opportunities, creativity, flow state, connection, inspiration, motivation, which are so many of the things that people are disconnected from, isn't it? So many of the things that we're trying to chase and, and go after. So I want to backtrack a little bit because I'm going to unpack, you know, this, this chapter 12 that's about to drop is a chapter on trust. And I'm talking specifically around surrendering, which I'm not talking about today on the podcast, but I'm giving you a little teaser of what's coming. I'm talking about the art of surrender. I'm talking about moving into the place of obedience. I'm talking about cultivating discernment, how to tell what and when to move on, right? What's what, you know, is this even God or is this me? Is this even, uh, the spirit of God, or is this some other spirit? Is this the right person to trust the right deal to take the what and the when the discernment, and then cultivating our, our spirit, our spiritual senses, which allow us to trust more, right? Like our faith, our ability to see our ability to hear beyond the physical, right? Um, supernatural <laughs> gifting. Those are all things that allow us to, to trust even more, and feel that certainty in the trusting rather than just totally going blindly, scared, terrified, and throwing ourselves to the wolves. So you guys can look forward to that. But backtracking into obedience, you know, I gave you guys a simple story and I want to backtrack a little bit more. When I was a kid, and I, I don't know how many of you can relate. If you're entrepreneurial or you're a leader and you're used to zigging when other people zag, I know you can, I know you're going to relate to this one. When I was little, my mom used to have to put one of those like doggy harnesses on me. It wasn't a dog leash, but you know, it was like one of those like waist straps that kept me from running away because I was always about to bolt. Like I always craved freedom. I always craved space to go run, to go play, to roam, to explore. I was always this very explorative, curious, you know, full of wonder and awe. And I would get lost, you know, in these ex little expeditions that I would go on. And so my mom, you know, I remember, especially when we would travel, we traveled a lot, we were in foreign countries and uh, my mom would put this little, you know, waist strap on me so I wouldn't run away because I was like so headstrong and I was also had such a spirit of adventure and I also just wanted to do it my way. 
I was very resistant to any kind of controls or confinement or direction, right? And so when you're young, it was like a little girl. It was very much in that theta imaginative state. You know, there was like my soul essence, which is a, there's a lot of gifting there, right? And a lot of you have that same gifting in you. That's that spirit of adventure is already there. The willingness to go into the unknown is already there. The, the hunger to explore um, also that coming of the stubbornness or the, you know, that thing that says I'm going, I'm doing it my way. And I don't want other people telling me to, what to do or when to do it or how to do it. So here's kind of the gift of that is that confidence or that ability to move regardless of like, Oh, I got to toe the line and listen to everyone. I was not a very obedient little girl. Okay. I just pretty much, if I was told to do one thing, I did the opposite. How many of you can relate to that? And Here's the thing. When I was little, that was cute and that was wonderful. And I was in the like childlike gift and you, I want to harness more of that today, but here's what happened, right? As I got into my teens and I'd experienced more of the wounding by then, right? My core wounding that I talk about that a lot. We all have these core wounds. By then I was starting to really rebel in a stronger way. Like my mom would tell me something and I would just blatantly disobey on purpose. She would say, Christine, come home at this. I wouldn't come home for days. You know, I was like, no one is telling me what to do, when to do, how to do it. I was in like pure, like rebellion mode. I pushed back on teachers. I pushed back on authority. I still push back on authority a lot today on the, on certain types of authority, but I just was like, so hell bent that I knew what I was doing and no one else knew anything. And part of that was a lot of the wounding that I had gone to. And part of it was personality, right? You guys have heard me say, I'm not going to unpack this, but the enemy always attacks us at our gifts and tries to taint us, taint us and bait us through our wound. Mine was reject rejection. I'm going to unpack that here in a minute. Rejection and abandonment. We all have some sort of that in our life. And all of a sudden that rebellion was like, I know better than everyone. I can do it better. If it's going to be, it's up to me. And you guys have heard me say this so many times, but I want to really dial this home. Then, then in my twenties and my thirties, and it continued on is that, that disobedience, right? Or that rebelliousness that is actually healthy if we're disobeying the right things and we're under the right direction, right? I started to like, no, I'm only can trust myself. I only can trust my way. I only can do it this way. I can't trust anyone else. I certainly can't trust men. I can't trust leaders. I can't trust. And I became very like, like a bull in a China closet. You know, you guys hear me, hear me say that, but it was aggressive, right? It was a response. Or I was so fixated on achieving a certain level of success or achieving a certain goal. I was very, very goal oriented coming out of athletics, coming, you know, as a, as a early years of an entrepreneur, I was all about the personal development, goal setting, knock it off the list. What's next, next goal, next metric. Let's go. Not a lot of patience, not a lot of compassion, not a lot of grace, right? And constantly needing to hit that next thing. So it's very dropped into like, it's going to be my way or the highway. If you were in a relationship with me, like that's why there was so much fighting and so much striving. And even though I had teams and leadership, I did not lead effectively for many of those years because I was so focused on getting my agenda across, convincing other people or, you know, probably forcing my staff to just do it my way instead of being open 
to the guidance, to the wisdom that might be coming in either through someone else or through God. I was, I would say I was a Christian at the time. You know, I was, I would have said like, yeah, I have faith. So I prayed, I journaled, I did the things, but I didn't walk intimately with the spirit. It was something that I did. And then I went over here and I did my own thing. Right. And so I want to say that when we have this, this rejection wound, right? This rebellious kind of, it's got to be my way, my way, my way. Or we are in this disobedience because we're afraid we're going to get screwed. We're afraid we're going to get, you know, cut off. We're afraid we're going to lose something. You know, you guys have heard the story of me losing, you know, I thought I was going to lose my dad. I did lose my dad emotionally earlier on. Then we lost our primary home. Like there was a lot of loss. There was a lot of abandonment. And so there was a lot of fear of future loss, fear of being abandoned, being left, not being supported, not being loved. At the same time, there was a lot of pride that was like, well, if it's going to be, it's up to me. I've got to do it. And you know, those are survival mechanisms. I want to say that they're not bad in and of themselves, but when they begin to take hold of you and they become, you become consumed by pride or fear, then it really starts to distort our ability to hear, to obey, to move forward in the right thing. We don't want to obey. We don't, we don't want to listen to anyone else. Right. And so I, I would just want to preface this because if you've been through a season of, of abuse or, you know, deep hurt, that, that fear of getting hurt again is real, right? We don't want to experience the pain, the pride that we experience. It's like, okay, I'm going to do something about this. I'm done tolerating this in my life. This is no longer okay. That's healthy. That is designed to move us into action, but not to keep us operating from that spirit, from that root, right? Of pride and fear. So I want to say this, that if you are still, uh, if the wound is still running you, a lot of times that rejection wound, right? You guys hear me talk a lot about the operating systems that we have that are running by, you know, they're run by our wounding. It's a lot of the work I do inside of the initiation. So that is my coaching container where we, where we go through and we heal those wounds of rejection, of abandonment, you know. And we start to come into restoring in right relationship, our hearts. Like this is a huge piece of the work that I do. But how do you know when the spirit of rejection, you know, or that rejection wound is starting to really run the show? Well, it really manifests as pride and fear all the time. It's all about me. It's all about my way. I have to protect my own ass. I have to, you know, convince everybody. If somebody says something, I get offended because it's about me, right? Or fear is ruling and fear is like, I'm afraid of what someone's going to do. I'm afraid of not making the mark. I'm afraid of not making the mark because then I'll be rejected again, right? Like that's ultimately what it is. So I'm going to list off some signs and symptoms real quick of a spirit of rejection, right? And it's, it's kind of funny because as you study this more and we go into this more inside of my coaching containers, whether it's one-on-one or in group, it's like, it's almost like you have a split personality, right? You're double-minded. Um, and we hear about that in the book of Proverbs, like, don't be a double-minded man. Don't be a double-minded woman, right? Which is like, we're almost like living two lives, right? We, we want to be one way. There's this part of us, our innermost being that knows 
we're designed for love. We're designed for connection. And then there's this other part that's fighting against us. And that's why I often will say it's like there's this inner civil war going inside us, right? And that's that double-minded. It's like I don't trust, but I want to trust. I want to love, but I can't receive love, right? I want to move forward, but I can't move forward. And there's this constant back and forth. There's, There's no union, inside of us, that wholeness, there's been a brokenness that needs to be restored so that we don't have that double-mindedness going on. But here's some signs and symptoms, you know, the constant incessant desire for approval, assurance, self-worth, you know, I see you, I love you, you're doing amazing, like constant, you know, um, In psychology, we call this also like the anxious attachment style, right? That person that constantly is checking their phone. Did they text me? Did they respond? Did they email me back? Did they mention my name? Did they tell me they love me today? How many times, right? Just paying attention. And I do a lot of work with people in this area because I know this area well, because I was like in it. It was an addiction. It was a operating system in my nervous system. So, you know, the next one is obviously addiction, right? Sometimes that addiction is to the affection, to the assurance. Sometimes it's to external things like alcohol or substances or things that help us escape, right? Because they make us give us that, that hit of feeling loved or feeling like a man or like a woman. So be careful of those addictions, attention seeking despair, right? Um, envy, a lot of envy. Why don't I have that? Why don't I have that same thing? Why haven't I accomplished that? There's something wrong with me, right? And so we are and I could speak to that jealousy so much. And while, while at the same time, there's a lot of different, um, these are emotions, right? And, um, despondency, discouragement, envy, like these are emotions, but there's also when they take over you, they become like spiritual entities that are almost running you, right? There's, there's an emotion that's temporary that we feel, but then there's something that we now start to host and operate from, and it becomes part of our identity. So when people will say things like, I'm just a jealous person, I'm just an anxious person, I'm just a, a person that needs da, 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 constant reassurance, you know, and people will use their wounds in relationship to be like, well, you know, I'm like this right? Now I'm identifying as a thing. Now I'm full on like, yes, come on in, rule over me, run the show, pure disobedience, right? So it goes on and on. Frustration, chronic frustration, impatience, right? Unworthiness, revenge, the need for revenge, like wanting to get back, right? Um, Extreme loneliness, lust, pride. You know, these, these are just some symptoms some symptoms, and I know they're symptoms of, they could be many things, but I always like to look at like when they really start stacking, when I start to notice them either in my own life, in the past, now, if they start creeping in a little bit, when I'm coaching my clients, when I start seeing a lot of these stacks all showing up as once, right? Fantasizing, right? And lusting and envying and the constant need for approval, the people pleasing, the constant people pleasing, right? This crazy affection for animals and an inability to love humans. This is a big one, right? People that are like, my dog is my baby. My dog is my baby, but oh, I can't get close to a human being. Spirit of rejection, right? The fear, the wound is still fresh because we're afraid. We don't trust humans, (laughs) right? The human love, the human connection. So vanity is a big one. That's the spirit of pride again. So I want to say that when these things start stacking, we've got this like 
the pride and the fear are full on running the show. We're self-preserving. We start self-protecting. We start, you know, busting out the big ego, right? The, the false confidence. That's not the humble confidence, right? We see it. You guys see it all over the Facebook. You see it all over Instagram. And I used to get caught up in that. And I got to watch myself because sometimes I'll look at something and I'm like, look what they did or look what they've accomplished. And then I just, that spirit of discernment comes in and goes, wait a second. Is that real? Is that authentic? Or is that peacocking? Now I can see it really fast, right? And and we begin to notice and we begin to see through things really quick, like that humble, raw, real, authentic um, worth, the value, the intrinsic value that we feel when we are in intimacy, in union with God is very different than the false confidence that a lot of the world is out there putting on the show of, right? And so am I jealous of the false confidence that I'm seeing? Like, isn't that interesting, right? So here are some things to consider, you know, And everything changed for me in my life. Really, everything took like a full-on turn, 180-degree turn, right? Like my my life today is completely different. Every single area, even the relationship with all three of my children has transformed, has moved beyond the form. We had to get a new relationship going on. My relationship with my mother has transformed. My relationship with my father, how I lead, my love life, like all of it. It just like it got cleaned up through this work. And here's what happened is I was able to finally stop resisting obedience because before it was a dirty word. I was like, hello, I don't obey anyone. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. No one's going to tell me how to do it. I do what I want, when I want, how I want. And that's what freedom is. I'm, I'm all about freedom and I am all about freedom. (laughs) I am absolutely all about freedom. And I am absolutely about doing things the way that God has designed me uniquely to do. I'm absolutely about being relentless, about moving forward and not getting influenced by external things pulling on me. Um, And so a lot of the gifting is there, but now it's channeled under the right direction and under the right protection, right? Divine direction and divine protection. It's channeled. The gifting is now channeled instead of being used in the wrong way against me and against others for my own selfish gain or whatever, right? So everything shifted. Here's the thing. What's cool about obedience, you know, when you actually look at it, I mean, in the English word, it's like submitting to an authority figure and basically doing what they say, right? When you look at the original word of obedience in Hebrew, it actually means to hear, to listen, to heed the voice, to heed the call, right? And I just thought, isn't that so beautiful? And the Hebrew word for obedience is shama. The Hebrew word for obedience is the word shama. And the word carries with it the meaning of hearing and obeying, right? When you hear something, you are like giving your attention to it. When you are listening, you're actually paying attention. And that's the shift, you guys. That's the shift. When you move into the place of obedience, truly from a place of devotion, of of a heart that is finally open, a heart that is finally willing, a heart that is finally, you know, recognizing the wounds that have been running the show, right? Those spirit of rejection, those rejection wounds. And now we are no longer giving them authority over our life. We're no longer giving them the place of power. We're going internally to begin to do the work, to heal the wounds, right? To rewrite those stories, 
this is a huge process. Like this is the process that I take people through, right? As we do the work to go inward, to restore the broken pieces and restore our ability to hear, our ability to listen, everything begins to reorganize. And we all of a sudden start hearing this voice more clearly. And I believe that voice is the voice of the Holy Spirit. We start being able to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit more clearly because now we are, number one, we have a desire to hear. We have a willingness to hear and a willingness to trust that voice and operate not from pride or fear that is rooted in rejection, but we're actually operating from you know, a humble, uh, a humility, a desire to get closer to God and a faith to move forward, which is rooted in a spirit of belonging, of wholeness, right? That says, I know I'm loved. I know I'm worthy. I don't need to sit here and prove it because my dad never told me I love me. My dad never hugged me, or I was constantly needing to perform to get affection, or my father or mother was never there. You know, whatever the wounding is, I was abused when I was younger, right? Because if we're still in that story and we're letting that wound still run the show, and we're like, no, I'm good. I handled it. I'm done. I'm moving on way past that. I'm in control of my life now. And it's like, who are we kidding? right? Who are you kidding? And I'm bringing this up because so many people that I've, I've spoken to and leaders that I work with, especially you guys, you know, CEOs, founders, those of you that are running, you know, you, it doesn't matter. You're leading big groups of people. I believe that this is so essential that you get this, that we, if we can move into really the place of trust again, Yes, trusting yourself. Yes, trusting the decisions that you're called to make. Yes, trusting that you're stewarded. You know, you're, you're called to steward certain gifting and that gift is leadership for a lot of you, right? Or serving or whatever it is. But to also really the powerhouse place is dropping into the place of obedience. Cultivating the ability to hear, to listen. You know, the shama, right? The shama to move into the place. Isn't it interesting that you like, I just love that. So I have found that as I moved under this, into this place of obedience and a new desire to hear, to become a better listener, a better communicator, and the, to be a better communicator is not just to talk, but to hear, to be able to receive what is spoken and then actually to execute on it, right? To follow through, to respond. Because think about it, if you're in a relationship with someone, your husband, your wife or kids, and they sit there and they listen and they just nod their head and they're like, yep, great. Thanks. See ya. And then they go off and they do their own way. And you're like, what, what, what just happened there? Did you just say yes? You like sat here, you listened, you agreed. And then you went off and you did your own thing. You're like, they didn't even hear anything I said. They didn't even obey. And so as parents, I think about so many years in parenting, I was like, they're not listening to me. They're disobeying. They're rebellious. And they were. We did not have this level of trust. The rejection wound, you know, ran deep and thick in my own life. And it passed on to some of my kids. And now we're in this space of breaking the spirit over this lineage and coming back into wholeness. There's a big restoration project that has had to go on, right, in the hearts of myself, my children. And and Mark and I are really focused on this as we move forward because this constant rebelliousness, disobedience, inability to hear 
you know, it's not just a superficial play. It's not just something to be ignored. Because this is literally what opens or closes the doors to the blessings. It opens and closes the doors to opportunities, to really moving into our gifting, really moving into our, our purpose and our calling. And when we don't trust we don't move in the right direction. We're moving in our own direction. When we don't trust, we can't hear that, that guidance, that wisdom. When we don't trust, we don't have discernment. So it causes so much more pain and suffering in the long run. Unnecessary, wasted time, energy, money, lost relationships, like the loss, the, the, the um, casualties of disobedience are great. I've worked with clients where in their spirit, they knew that they knew that they knew that they needed to get rid of an employee, somebody on the team that was causing dissension and they held on because they were afraid. They were afraid of the ripple effect, you know, and it ended up costing them millions of dollars. I think about this, even when I had the studio, I had, um, you know, I had a season there where I had a head coach and it was just I had a bad feeling in the beginning, like in the hiring process, I already had the restlessness in my gut, in my spirit. I was like, mm, but he looked good on paper and he answered the questions all the right way. And he made all the great promises. And I was in need at the time. I needed to fill the hole. I needed to fill the gap. I also didn't want to be at, you know, the studio every day. I wanted to move into the next thing. So I was like, totally like, all right. I want to do this. So I'm just going to fill this hole. And I was totally driven there by, again, that fear of me not being able to do what I wanted, the fear of not having the person, right? And I fill the gap. Well, isn't it interesting that the energy that I made that decision in, and I tried to talk myself into it. And logically, on paper, it made great sense. But in my spirit, it did not. That one employee ended up creating such a ripple effect. And that one decision ended up creating such a ripple effect of, oh my gosh, broken communication, not only through my staff, through clients, gossip entered our building, which I would like, what? All of a sudden people were turning <laughs> on each other, like clients and turning against me. And it ended up really badly. I'm not going to go into the, all the details, but there was marriages broken. There was contracts broken. There was respect and trust broken on so many levels. There was so much damage repair that needed to happen. That disobedience cost me so much. And it probably was the beginning of the downfall of that business, if I'm truly honest with myself. And, you know, now that's why I'm so committed in this season that I'm at right now, the place that I'm at and, you know, building this, the business, writing the books, because uh, this is the first of many starting, you know, this path down and saying, God, I want you involved in every step. Like I want to like, you're the CEO, right? And I'm going to be in obedience to the spirit every step. And I'm going to be in full alignment with my gifting and my calling, like doors are opening up. Right. And, and, and then it's not a ripple effect of problems. It's a ripple effect of blessing, of opportunity, of one more door, of the right connections, as long as we walk in it. So it's always about riding the ship, right? Riding our ship, the vessel that we are. So I hope that you guys got this today. I'm going to drop in and I'm going to start writing about this. I'm excited. I'm excited to write about this more. There's going to be a lot more to unpack inside the book. And, um, 
You know, I just want to say for those of you who have been resisting, resisting that inner voice, resisting the trusting, because you're like, it doesn't make sense. The market's doing this. My, my colleagues are saying that, um, my past proves this is right. Or you're rebelling. You're still in the force. You're having trouble with that obedience piece. You're just like, it's still a dirty word to you. And I get it. I totally get it. Cause I did not like that. I don't like any of these words. I did not like the word surrender. I was like, what? I don't surrender. You know, I don't fail. I don't lose. I don't give up. I did not like the word obedience. Cause I was like, I'm all about freedom. I want what I want, how I want my way or the highway. Right? Like I get it. I didn't understand discernment. I certainly did not like the word submission. I was like, hell no. I ain't submitting to anyone. Certainly not my husband. He's submitting to me, right? And I did not understand. I was foolish. I was like at the surface level. I did not understand the depth and the meaning of these words and what it meant to operate in these places and how life-giving and expansive and powerful it is to operate in these places. So for those of you that are listening and you're like, oh, I struggle with rejection massively. I'm still massively people pleasing. I'm, I'm afraid to make decisions. I know I got to let things go, but I'm holding on to this. You know, I'm, I'm in this still anxious attachment style, right? I'm fantasizing about my escape, but I'm afraid to, to move. And, and it's, and you know, it's that, that fear of rejection, is really running the show. And a lot of your decisions, if you're honest with yourself, are rooted in fear or pride, then then I hope that you will rewind, re-listen, tune in, ask that the Holy Spirit will start to reveal to you, you know, where you're showing up this way and really start to convict you. Conviction mobilizes us, right? To take a different course of action. And the, the different course of action is, of course, cultivating the ears first and foremost to hear and the heart to be open. If you don't have an open heart, you won't be willing. If you are not willing to open your heart, if you're like, I don't have an open heart. Well, if you're not even, you got to be willing to even do the work, willing to even do the healing, willing to even explore. I talked about willingness in the last episode. The first step is willingness, the openness, right? The desire to open your heart, your ears. And the, the last piece here is like, can I train myself to listen? And how we train ourselves to listen is multifaceted. There's so many ways the Spirit speaks to us. And again, I go much deeper into these conversations inside of my coaching containers in the process of initiation, which is all about unlocking the power of the heart, healing the past wounding, moving into the place of wholeness and restoration on all of our relationships and really walking in alignment with the Spirit. That's exactly the, the protocol that we walk through. It is a, you know, six-month journey that we go through. So if that's something you want to learn more about, make sure that you click on the link below, apply to work with me, and then we'll reach out and book a discovery call. But you know, where you can start right now is that willingness, the openness, do the work to get open again. And the third one is you got to train yourself to hear, hear the voice of the spirit. There's so many ways, like I said, that God speaks to us. The spirit speaks to us. It speaks through our body, through our intuition, through our gut, you know, through our spiritual senses, through signs, through all these things. But if you don't get in the word of God, like that is how you bounce it back to go, is this really him? Let me double check. Because if you don't get to know how he thinks and how he moves and how he does things, which is all in the word, you will question when you do get the sign. You'll question when you get the intuitive ping. You'll question when you get the gut instinct because you don't have anything to back it up. Right? And so I just want to say that 
that is a really important piece is if you want to hear your lover's voice, you got to spend time thinking, you know, getting to know how he thinks, how he moves, how he operates so that if somebody tries to figure out, you're like, now that ain't it. Right. And again, there's so much more to this. I'm going to be unpacking in the book, but I want to leave you with some of those thoughts today. So rejection is normal. Rejection is a part of life. We're all going to experience it. We can't protect ourselves from feeling rejected or being rejected. Sometimes, sometimes rejection is God's protection. You've heard that too, right? We got to stop trying to baby and pamper our children and, you know, be terrified that they might be rejected. The reality is we all have some rejection wounds going on, right? We're going to be, if you're human, you're not going to walk through life in a bubble. But the question is, are you going to allow the wound to run your life and keep you out of this beautiful, powerful place of obedience, of faith, of surrender, of discernment, of like the blessings and the overflow. Because, you know, I, I remember for so many years when, when I was like, nah, ma, I'm going to do it my way. Nope, dad, no, I'm not doing it that way. No, honey, I don't, I'm not doing it that way. No, God, I, I get that you say that, but I'm doing it my way. And everyone's like, all right, go do it your way. Let's see what happens. And I hear that with my kids too. Sometimes they're like, mom, no. And I know as a mother, I'm like, oops, I know as a mother, I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. They're not heeding. They're not listening. They're not going to obey. And I got to lean back and say, okay, do it your way. Let's just see. Let's just see what happens. Maybe it'll work out. 9.999 times out of 10, what do the kids do? They come back and they go, you know what? Shoot. Now I have some massive cleanup to do. Help, 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 mom. What do I do? Right? How many times do we do that? How many times do we still do that as adults, right? I didn't listen. I know you told me. I know you warned me. I know you said I should do it this way, but I wanted to do it my way. Now please bail me out. And the good news is that obviously we have a loving, loving father in a relationship where yes, there is mercy and there is grace, but that doesn't deny the fact that we still wasted a bunch of time, money, energy, resources, caused a lot of pain in the process, probably suffered unnecessarily because we wanted to do it our way. So I am going to leave you with that. Yes, unlock the gifts inside of you. Yes, be a zigger when everyone else is zagging. Do not conform to the ways of the world. Move into the place of overflow. And um, this, is, this is the beauty way. This is the beauty way, you guys. Until next time, I'm thankful that you're here. If this landed with you, if this resonated with you, please share this episode with somebody that you know, like, trust, love, needs to hear this. Um, like it. If you're listening, follow or subscribe if you haven't done so. All these little things that seem like so insignificant, they make a huge difference. I do not have a huge marketing budget behind this. This is all organic, just me pouring love, obedience to the spirit. We, that's why we have this podcast. That's why I show up every week. So if this resonates with you, please share. And if you want to go deeper into the work, always you can connect with me clicking on the link below, apply to work together. The initiation is a beautiful journey from head to heart to move into this space, to heal the wounds of the past. Thank you for being here. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, 
a game-changing assessment tool and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.